Welcome friends, welcome on The Berry Case. This is a special edition of our show that we are producing along with Paul J from The Analysis. This is your host, Maria Cernat, and with me, as usual, we have Boyan Stanislavski. Thank you for being here with us. Hello, thanks. And uh, it is a pleasure to welcome again in our show Margorzata Kulbaczewska-Figa, the journalist, the researcher uh, from Poland. The first part of our discussion will be devoted to the analysis of the situation and the migrant crisis in Poland. Little has been said in the mainstream media about very disturbing events, very disturbing events taking place at the Polish border with Belarus. To their credit, the journalists from the BBC reported on that and made a short video about the Uh, people that want to get across Poland and get uh, into the western part of uh, Europe, and they are prevented from doing so by the Polish government, who recently adopted a law that actually is in contradiction with the international law, allowing the Polish authorities to push back migrants and to basically smuggle them back into Belarus. From what I saw on the BBC, people are quite desperate and only and if they reach a certain uh, situation where their life is threatened, only then, and even that is not certain, they are taken to a hospital and four people, at least four people died. So please, Margajata, tell me, how do you think this all started? And why are we seeing that uh, crisis now? Uh, hello, Maria. Hello, Boyan. And good morning to everybody. Sadly, I have to start with a very sad update. This is no longer four deaths on the border, but seven deaths as the last one. Uh, 24, Syrian, uh, 24 years old Syrian man was found dead in, on Polish border last Thursday. And sadly, uh, many more migrants are telling that there are bodies lying in the forest on both Polish and Belarusian borders. So it is just a matter of time that more victims are discovered. Well, what has happened is um, dates back to the Polish-Belarusian crisis that started last year around the Belarusian elections when Poland decided continue its support for democratic opposition in Belarus and uh, really did a great effort to support these people, to support Svetlana Tsikhanovska and uh, other democratic Belarusian figures um, in a bid to overthrow Lukashenko's government. As we know today, the bid has failed as the good of Belarusian society still stood with Lukashenko and as just as the state apparatus stood with him. and just in order to show to Europe that he is not going to be treated like the last dictator of Europe and that he is not going to stand like uh, and not react to the attempts to be overthrown, Lukashenko, Lukashenko declared that he would be no longer helping Europe fight uh, smuggling people, uh, but not only people, through the eastern border of Europe. And furthermore, uh, he even um, his administration organized a series of supposedly travel offices that that invite uh, people from Iraq, Syria, from Africa, from Afghanistan to Belarus 
where they are supposedly going to uh, coming on tourist visas. And then, as Belarusian, Belarusian officials promised them, that they would be brought to Europe, to Germany or somewhere into the European Union. And as you may guess, people from Iraq, from Syria, from Afghanistan are absolutely desperate to get out from their countries, so destroyed by foreign interventions, destroyed by wars. And so they are ready to pay this uh, payment that was around $1,300 to get into Belarus and to try to get into European Union. However, as you may guess, it is not that the Belarusian officials are then really taking them to Germany. In in reality, these people are brought to Polish border and just pulled to cross it, you know, to just to walk through so-called green border to, uh, and try to get into Polish territory uh, illegally. Well, which that was very difficult already two months ago when the whole crisis was starting. And now it is virtually impossible as the border has been fortified, literally, and there, there are extra uh, border guardsmen sent to this particular border. And indeed, only the most desperate people have even the chance to say that they want international protection. I say the most desperate because in most cases, the border guards are pushing these people back through the border to Belarus, as you said. Only those who are sick, who are unconscious, who are literally dying from cold and exhaustion can be brought to hospital. And even in these cases, we there were already cases when people were first brought to hospital and then pushed back to Belarus after a day or two. So the situation is really horrific and the Polish government is determined to continue its policies with the, I can say, with support of European Union, who did not criticized Poland for this action, who did not call Poland to stop. And uh, what is this? And the picture would not be full if I hadn't said that the Polish society sadly also seems to support these policies. As according to last uh, public opinion polls, there were 52% for pushing back the migrants and for fortifying the border. And only around 30-40% per, uh, was sure that these people deserve help from our side. And so this is the situation. Well, a very sad and bleak one. Well, what is the role of Belarus here? I saw that um, one of the migrants said a very disturbing thing, that he would have loved to be sent back to his country now that he was uh, lying almost on the ground somewhere between Belarus and Poland. But unfortunately, he said that the um, uh, authorities in Belarus took uh, his passport, his telephone, his ID. So he basically, he had nothing. So why would they do something like that? What do you think, Boyan? Well, because that's their policy. I mean, uh, the whole arrangement is... Uh is there to punish the uh, Polish government, the Lithuanian and the Latvian governments, uh, and the European Union for meddling, for pretending to be an empire, and for meddling in uh, Belarus internal affairs, or at least what the Belarusian or, or the Belarusian authorities perceive as, as their internal affairs. And uh, you know there are empires in the world, and those empires uh, they differ from other countries, uh, well, namely by 
this way. They can meddle, they can afford to meddle, and they can afford to bear the consequences of it. Whereas Poland is not an empire, it's a peripheral state. Uh, and uh, it was flexing not its own, but someone else's muscles, namely uh, Western muscles, uh, not only American, but mostly American. And uh, we're trying to overthrow uh, Lukashenko. And uh, I, you know, it's all perfectly logical. I mean, I hate it morally, but it is perfectly logical. I mean, I just don't quite see why Lukashenko would just sit quiet and do nothing about it. I mean, he's got like enemies right across the border and uh, he wants to make sure uh, that everybody understands what his positions uh, are and that he will not uh, let them get away with this. So he's uh, basically sparking a humanitarian crisis on the eastern border of the European Union. And I'm sure that uh, at the moment the situation is like, you know, he's probably eating popcorn and drinking champagne because uh, he can see the Polish government being totally alerted, totally stressed out, totally, uh, uh, you know, uh, taken aback by the whole uh, situation. And of course, replying the way, the only way they know how to reply, which is by force. I mean, this is the mm -hmm. most primitive mm -hmm. element, the most primitive thing you can do in any situation, really, if uh, is, is to use physical force, right? And uh, I think uh, Malgojata is totally right on pretty much everything that she said. I, of course, uh, the first thing that has to be acknowledged is uh, uh, perhaps before I say that, I want to go to those to the question of deaths because uh, you said seven. Sorry, you said four. Malgojata said seven, and that's all. If we believe that government. And I don't really think that this government deserves to be trusted. I think it could be many, many people that are uh, that are dead, and they haven't even uh, they haven't yet been found. Or when they will be found, we will not know anything about it because this uh, emergency situation, emergency law, emergency uh, state that was enacted along, uh, you know, on the stripe of, of uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. land Let along us the border. Show the, the viewers, maybe. Um... Right. Just yeah, but, but I, I just want to finish my thought that it prevents journalists from doing their job. So there are no journalists there, regardless of whether they are mainstream or alternative or whatever. I mean, they are not let, let to do their job, okay? They're not allowed to be there. And some journalists, of course, from, from time to time, they do manage to go there and to, you know, take a few shots here and there and, and, and to maybe record something or help someone. But this is very occasionally. Otherwise, they are normally kicked out by either the border guard or the military or the police. It's just like, you know, it's, it's a state of... Uh, for people living there, there, and, and you can read that in many reportages uh, in, in, in the Polish media, it's like a, a state of war. Like on every corner you have, you, you have people with machine guns, uh, masked faces, and, and, and uniformed, right? So like even the children, let alone those children, of course, that are in the woods and dying of cold and hunger and all the rest of it, but even the children, you, you know, regular citizens, okay, of, Pol of Polish towns and villages alongside the Pol along the Polish border, Okay, they get scared, and they they get their parents get questions from them like, "Is this a war, mom? What's going to happen?" And you know, and so on and so forth. Yes, I just wanted to show that <clears throat> basically they come through here, and this is where we have the situation where the migrants are trying to go to go through through Belarus, and of course they want to reach a very interesting state <laughs> in the European Union, and that is Germany. Now, you said at some point, and I think it's important to remember this, that basically Poland could play the same game that Belarus is playing and saying to Germany, look, are you going to help out or we are going to do the same? I mean, taking the migrants from here and just um, leave them here so it is no longer our problem, but yours. Do you think they are afraid to do that? 
Well, of course, they don't have the guts to do that because uh, they like to present themselves, the Polish authorities, uh, they like to present themselves as those who save Poland from all kinds of enemies. I mean, from Russia, from uh, Brussels, which sends LGBT agents here and so on and so forth. Like, I don't want to even, you know, start discussing it because this is so irritating and and, and it, it just displays... I mean, it speaks to the ignorance, okay, of the Polish uh, political class and so, and, and its ineptitude. But uh, they don't have the guts to do that because, uh, th despite the fact that they do present themselves like that, uh, we are we have been accustomed over the last five or six years, uh, that is during the reign of the currently ruling Law and Justice Party, which is a Catholic fundamentalist right wing uh, right wing party. Uh, that, uh, you know, they, the only thing they do is they are the most obedient viceroys of the American empire. I mean, you know, everything, uh, th there's plenty of evidence for that, okay? I, you know, I don't want to sort of, uh, eat, you know, consume the time of the program to, to, to discuss that, but we have discussed that in multiple on multiple other occasions. So if anyone's interested, they can just go through our YouTube channel and, and find our discussions on Poland as well as on our website. They could just uh, see our analysis and commentary on the situation in that country. But I, I want to, I just want to say that, of course, they don't have the guts to do that. That's one. And second, they don't think politically. I mean, those people are not politicians. They are just, uh, they, for them, politics is just this, what they're doing right now and what they have been doing for the last six years is just the question of the emotional disbalancing of society. Like the, the more the society is emotionally disbalanced, the better for them because they can pretend that they are ruling. In fact, they are not ruling. What they are doing is that they're just exercising violence against uh, certain groups. Now it's the migrants on the Polish-Belarusian border, but in 2016 or 15, those were the, the migrants, the non-existent migrants, really. I mean, we didn't have any migrants or we had very little, but uh, it was... Uh, it was the same kind of hysteria, okay? And uh, then we had the LGBT, we had the Russians, we had all kinds of scapegoats. So uh, they, this is the only way they know. And for them, of course, it's it's their ineptitude that they, they don't do what they should be doing, which is they should be starting a, a, a very serious discussion with Germany and France and other serious countries of the EU, where the real centers of power are in the EU. And they should definitely leverage them. I mean, that's at least what I would do as a politician. I would say, look, we've got those people there. We ain't going to shoot them, okay? It's not America. We're not going to shoot them. So uh, we're, 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 we will either we'll take some of them, but uh, you know we need a decision right now what is going to happen. Because last time uh, when we were facing a crisis like that, you said that everybody has to take a portion of those migrants, like all of the countries in the EU. Exactly, exactly. Uh, right, right, right exactly, exactly that. And they, they could have used that as leverage as well. Uh, and uh, I don't think it would have been much of a problem. I mean, for the European Union, it would be a problem, but I don't think it would be much of a problem to actually arrange this. But it's, you know, they lack thinking. I mean, those people are so thick-headed and they are so in incompetent and inept that, you know, for them, this is just too much of a strategy and too much of, of tactical thinking. The, the only thing they know how to do is like to do something immediately, which will, which will uh, create an outrage for... Uh, for one part of the society and will create applause on, on you know on on the other part of the society so they they constantly the only thing they know about politics in inverted commas is to cater into this into all kinds of artificial div divisions in society and uh, this this situation for them is perfect because uh you know like you can only start you know imagining i suppose like what kind of uh uh 
propaganda is being uh, fed, okay, to the Polish exactly. society. Exactly. I was going this. to go to Margorzata with this one. I mean, I'm sure that what we've discussed, what we are discussing here, is not uh, what is discussed in me- mainstream media. Maybe these people are portrayed, at least this is what I imagine it to be, as portrayed as an immediate danger that the Polish citizens have to be protected from. Is this the situation or else how would you explain that the Polish citizens are not reacting reacting violently to this type of inhumane treatment of the migrants? Margarita, what do you say? Well, uh, Polish, uh, the Polish government propaganda has always been disgusting, but what has what happened at the occasion of this crisis really reached the levels unknown even in Poland. Because in the middle of the crisis, Our uh, Minister of Internal Affairs uh, produced a presentation, showed a presentation in which he tried to basically persuade the citizens that people who are going to the border are terrorists, zoophiles, pedophiles, and all kinds of, you know, people presenting immediate danger. And he was trying to tell uh, the society that on a sum memory card found in the borderland, there were pedophile pictures and a zoophile porn and you know a screen from this from this material supposedly found on the card was actually showed in public and uh, even what to make the thing even more ridiculous he also added some photos of migrants in uh, wearing uniforms saying that these guys were part of very dangerous military groups in Iraq and Afghanistan. While it was obvious to everybody that if they were wearing official state uniforms, they were well, they were on our Polish side, Polish American side during the war and intervention in those countries. So no it is such a level of absurd that it is really difficult even to report on that seriously. And I wanted also to refer to what Boyan said, that this crisis is a really good opportunity for the Polish government just to organize another emotional disbalance for the society. In fact, in the weeks before the migrants began to appear, the Polish government was in a quite tough situation with some of the smaller right-wing parties going away from the government and even threatening to join forces with neoliberal opposition. So really for the Law and Justice Party, they're just, the migrants are nothing more than a perfect tool to show that you know, Poland needs now a strong traditional government to be protected from this danger. And I also agree with what Boyan said. They don't have the guts neither to transport migrants to Germany nor to start real serious negotiations with European Union about how to deal with migrant questions for, well, it would be obvious to a seriously thinking politician that even if we start shooting at those people, migrants will not disappear. Their countries of origin are simply too devastated after everything that the the West did to them. So, and well, and to make the thing even more ironical, uh, during the previous refugee crisis, it was Poland who stood against the quota system. It was Poland who basically stood for leaving the problem to the border countries such as Greece, Spain or Italy, and it was Poland who refused to accept some 3,000 migrants, which is really nothing in the scale of a 40 million country. 
And right now, Poland is, uh, the Polish government is just flexing its muscles and telling the society that we are defending Europe, like we don't know, defended. No, the defending Europe is one of their favorite propaganda cliches. We defended Poland from Turks in 1683, the Battle of Vienna, then we defended Europe from the Bolsheviks, and now we are defending Europe from migrants. And yes, that's the, the saddest thing. You are. <laughs> Great yes. defenders, yeah. Ah, oh, we are so lucky we have you. What can I say? Um, well, I would say that the saddest part here is that somehow the leftists uh, are not able to turn this around and to come up with a strategy to, to counter this, this nonsense. Do you have at least some mainstream media that have a more balanced or nuanced perspective on this or are, are they all falling into the trap of uh, presenting the migrants as the big bad wolf and... Uh, the Polish government as the nice hero that would protect the citizens uh, from this uh, this alleged monster that they are creating in the media. What do you what do you say? Can you think well, uh, of somebody that has some at least uh, some critical perspective on things? Of course, except us. But <laughs> yeah, okay. actually, some of the neoliberal media from migrants from migrant stance this is also a part of political game you know it is standard for uh, the media like gazeta Wyborcza or tvn the biggest private american uh, corporate uh, tv in poland to stand against the government whatever it whatever they were doing so perhaps this sounds cruel but had the polish government decided to allow the migrants to enter. I don't know, for, for example, if they rediscovered Christianity, as they are proud to be Christians. I'm sure that those neoliberal corporational media would say that this is irresponsible and we should be checking these people thoroughly before anyone enters Polish soil. But as the Polish government decided to be cruel and to stop them and push back them back to Belarus. So the neoliberal media say, are criticizing them very loudly and saying that this is inhuman, this is a disaster, and so on and so on. And uh, as for Polish parliamentary left, as weak as it is, I must say that they are, in this crisis, they are holding the most consistent pro-humanitarian position. And actually, their representatives were the first politicians to come to the border and to try to help migrants. In the first days when the Polish border guards were a little bit confused by the situation, Polish left-wing members of parliament actually were able to reach some of the migrants stuck on the border and offer them some warm clothing and food. But, uh, well, what is however lacking in the, the political perspective presented by the left is the wider picture. So. As uh, the Polish social democratic uh, politicians are uh, are able to say that it is inhuman what is going on and that we must accept these people, we must at least accept their applications for international protection. But what is lacking uh, is a wider perspective. Like they can't, uh, for ex it is very naive, for instance, how they were hoping that European Union would force Polish government to change its policy. No, it would not. Never. 
because Polish government is now doing basically the same things that was going on in the Mediterranean with the full mm -hmm. consent from the European Union. Exactly. Now, speaking of European Union, you had quite a demonstration, quite a protest a few weeks ago when I saw news surfacing in media that you were about to leave the EU. Oh, such bad luck. No one to defend us anymore. So uh, <laughs> are you guys leaving? So what is the status? Should we prepare? I mean, should we brace ourselves for this uh, event? What do you say, Boyan? No, of course, Poland is not going anywhere. <clears throat> I mean, it's not departing from the European. It's not going anywhere in general. That's true. But what yeah. a relief! <laughs> yeah, but it's also not departing from the European Union. First of all, uh, such a decision will not cannot be just taken by the Polish government, particularly the current Polish government, which is which has put Poland in the biggest uh, international isolation. Please correct me if I'm wrong, Malgzata, uh, but I think this is the this is probably the most. Uh, uh, this is the government that, that that put us in a situation where we're in some kind of conflict with pretty much everyone. Like we're in conflict with Russia, we're in conflict with Germany, uh, we're in conflict with the Czech Republic, which, uh, well, that's that's a whole different show, uh, which is about environmental issues and, and uh, linked to the Polish exploitation of coal mining of coal basically uh then uh you know we're uh of course in in uh in in conflict with brussels and uh i don't know we, we're actually in a in a certain sense we're in a conflict uh with the united states because we just tried to close one of their biggest mouthpieces here in poland i mean kaczynski who is the leader of the party that is ruling right now he actually did try to take away the license uh, of the polish uh, of the TVN uh, TV station mentioned by Malgorzata already, it's an American-owned TV station here in Poland, which is the mouthpiece of American imperialism, of course, but it's also the mouthpiece of the so-called democratic opposition. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, this is this is a situation, and this is the situation, and I don't quite see how the Polish government could take uh, a decision that would uh, that everybody would just let them get away with like this right like leaving the european union so i think that the first the first thing that would happen had anyone actually believed that it is possible would be one phone call from the american embassy saying like hey guys you know don't get carried away okay because <laughs> this is those are things that are not for you to decide really and uh, you know people like to compare poll oh but 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 the united kingdom left well united kingdom is the fourth or fifth uh, largest economy in the world you know so uh i how how can you actually compare it in uh to to poland so uh no poland isn't going anywhere and of course uh, this is just another uh you know, another story that is supposed to uh, disbalance the society emotionally and to uh, to sort of um, strengthen this division between people who are allegedly against the European Union and people who are allegedly in favor of the European Union. Uh, both of those camps in Poland, the so-called Eurosceptics and the so-called Euroenthusiasts, have no idea about the European Union and have no idea about, uh, most of them have no idea about politics in general. It's just certain, it, it's just a demonstration and display of emotional attachment to some kind of, uh, to, to some camp. I mean, political camp but it's rather a church it's not really a camp it's just you know you believe in certain things and then you just go ahead and preach that without discussing it or thinking it over because it's like religious axiomas right like you don't think them over you don't doubt them you just go and preach 
So it's pretty much the situation here. And I'm not kidding. I mean, people might think that it's an exaggeration, but it's not. Like, there is the church of the government and there is the church of the so-called democratic opposition. And the left doesn't have any church just because, you know, because of its nature. It cannot have churches. It has to offer political solutions. And that's why it's losing. Because uh, despite the fact that morally their stance is correct, which Malgojata said, right, described, but, you know, they don't offer any political solutions. And they can't even say what I said, what I offered as a political solution, which is like to leverage the European Union with this uh, with this situation. They can't. Why? Because they love the European Union. They belong partially to the church of the Euro enthusiasts. So they cannot know, like you cannot do things like that, right, to the European Union, which you love and which is also part of the... Uh, of the metaphysical good, so uh, so it's it's very difficult for them. I I kind of feel for them, but at the same time, uh, you know, you got to be a politician and you got to be able to offer political solutions. And if you don't offer political solutions, if you play the government's game, then you will find yourself in this uh, in this kind of whirlwind of emotions, which leads exactly nowhere. And uh, the right wing is always better at it. Just because the right wing has this, this is their stance, right? Like we're going to be moral, we're going to be, we're going to have better morality because the God is with us, the Bible is with us, whatever, uh, and and so on and so forth. But anyway, uh, the Poland is not going anywhere from the European Union, and those and and law and justice, by the way, is not a party that is against the European Union. On the contrary, the. Uh, the former Polish president Lech Kaczynski, who was the twin brother of the, you know, the head of the party. Jaroslav Kaczynski, he actually signed the Lisbon Treaty. He signed the Lisbon Treaty while he was president. So, like, what are we even talking about? Like, and and uh, on top of everything, uh, uh, I think a week or two weeks before uh, the whole hysteria of of, of this <laughs> alleged Paul exit started, uh, this party, uh, this party's like some kind of special conference or Politburo or something adopted a resolution that there can never be any kind of Paul exit that they would support. So, and uh, and on the same day when those demonstrations led by Donald Tusk, the former uh, president of the European Council and the, the 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 biggest allegedly you know opposition leader here, uh, on that very day when he led this fifty thousand uh, or seventy thousand strong demonstration in Warsaw, uh, Jaroslav Kaczynski was discussing with farmers, promising them more subsidies from the European Union. So, like you know, this is. This is just insane to claim that there's any Paul exit even looming, you know, somewhere in the in the perspective. Absolutely not. It's um, it was an opportunity, I think, for uh, Yaroslav Kaczynski to uh, to again uh, kind of uh, 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 to to disbalance the society a little more emotionally and to, of course, exploit the emotions of his base. But on the other hand, I think for Donald Tusk, it was also important uh, to be able to count. You know, how many people they are able to mobilize, okay? And I think they are very disappointed because in the past, in the in the defense of the judicial, uh, for example, system or, or, or the judges that were not subordinate or didn't want to be subordinate to the government, they, uh, some organizations linked to the oppositions were, uh, to the opposition were able to mobilize over 100,000 people and now just 50,000 with poll exit apparently looming. I, I think they're rather disappointed. Uh, but those demonstrations, okay, they were a win-win situation for the opposition and for the government. That's why they happened, and 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 nothing occurred really. I mean, there was no violence. There was no nothing really to talk about. I mean, you know, Donald Tusk went out and said a few words how he loves the European Union, how every decent person should love the European Union, and then Kaczynski just said that European Union is fantastic, but they cannot enforce their values. 
whatever that's supposed to mean on 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 certain uh, nations. And by the way, this was this, the same thing was repeated. Was it yesterday or the day before yesterday? Mogushata, please correct me. I mean, I, I'm I'm very bad with chronology. By the Polish Prime Minister in the Euro in the European Parliament, he said, "We love you. It's fantastic. It's our civilizational choice, whatever it means, uh, and uh, and and everything's fantastic. And give us the money, and and you know, just leave the, and the values, you know." You got to be careful with the it values. because you don't want to enforce. Yeah, the value. Yeah. So uh, it's just that it's 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 a circus and nothing else. Seriously. So if you believe in this, then you're delusional. So Marco Jata, for the last question in this part of our show, what are those values that we are talking here? What was the you know the problem this time around? What interpretation of the law and what sparked this? Uh, uh, debate uh, that made uh, the conservatives here in Romania applaud the Polish government and say, look, they have the courage to stand up to these corrupt values of the European Union. So how was it actually? What are these values that we have to stand proud against? Well, uh, <laughs> this funny, funny thing actually because Polish government has been uh, repeating for so long that they are defending traditional family that consists of men and women and a group of children and that they are against LGBT, that they are against deprivation that is brought by LGBT. They are defending children from, uh, from you know, you, I don't know, sexualization, that's what also what they like to say. And uh, that they are uh, also defending a sense of Longing to a nationality and not to some cosmopolitan society, which really is only set for hedonism and consumption. Well, why I said it was funny because uh, not long ago, when it was uh, when it when Polish government realized that an anti-LGBT stand will really cost us money. Uh, it was the leader of law and justice. It was Jarosław Kaczynski in person that got engaged in persuading some local governments in Poland to drop the earlier anti-LGBT statements that provoked fury in Brussels. No, he was persuading them personally that they need to no, switch the formulas a little bit, write more about defending family and less about LGBT free zones so that the money is brought to Poland in the end. And he succeeded. So I think that the only real value that Polish right wing is set to defend is the value of money. And uh, this is the reality. Yeah, well, that is very, very interesting. It means that the European Union has some leverage on the, your government. And so if they threaten to cut the money, then the values tend to be a little bit more flexible. Or is it not so? What do you think, Bojan? Right. I, I think uh, it's uh, there's a funny element in, in this uh, uh, in this. Con- arrangement uh, because there was no mechanism until a few months ago there was no mechanism that allowed the european union to regulate the funds according to the assessment of the state of of rule of law in you know in a given country okay mm-hmm. and they had they had to have a summit and they had to have to sign some you know documents binding for uh, the entire 
community for the for all the countries in in the European Union. And Mateusz Morawiecki, who is the Polish Prime Minister from that you know Law and Justice Party, he was there and he agreed to that mechanism. Okay, I mean, so we're really in a in such a schizophrenic situation. The Polish government is doing, uh, uh, you know, it's funny, but it's also sad. I mean, because we are ruled by those people. I mean, they have no understanding whatsoever of where are they going, what's their strategy, and for what such a strategy would even uh, be in place. Like they just want to be in power. That's the only thing they want. Okay, uh, and uh, so now. Since with the help of Mateusz Morawiecki, uh, that is the Polish Prime Minister, the European Union has this mechanism in place, then it can leverage Poland, of course, because they, the rule of law is indeed uh, shattered in Poland. And uh, uh, it's, it is an authoritarian state. And, and, you know, again, I've given many examples uh, for that before. And uh, if, if anyone's interested in in the details of the situation, then again, I can I can just invite people to uh, go through our YouTube channel or our website. But uh, look, the money is uh, the money. Whether and how much of of the of Euro European money Poland is going to potentially get is uh, it, it's all about the big budgets. I mean, it's, it's all about the big budget that is going to be decided. Uh, sometime soon i mean i can't exactly remember the dates but we're talking about those budgets in the european union that are four or five year budgets okay <laughs> and mm -hmm. not the immediate not the immediate money that are, are the post covid kind of uh restructuring uh, or rebuilding uh fund okay so uh so, so it's not like poland isn't going to get any money right now because there is no rule of law it's just that they're going to have they're going to have a discussion and they will see uh, whether Poland deserves that money or not. They will assess and reassess the situation. So, again, it's not something that Poland has to immediately do, you know, certain things. But Malgorzata was right when she said that when the money is threatened, when the money is threatened, then absolutely uh, they, uh, they bow. And now, you know, uh, they seem, or at least that's, the communication that I can hear from uh, the leader uh, of law and justice, Yaroslav Kaczynski, he, he started saying something like, uh, well, certain disciplinary measures, including the disciplinary chamber uh, in the Polish judicial system, which was put in place by the law and justice, okay, uh, well, it didn't quite fulfill our expectations and... Uh, maybe we're going to have to actually uh, close it down or something like that. So it seems like they already know where where they're going to go. Okay, like they probably, if, if the European Union presses them, they're going to close down this chamber and they're going to lift the disciplinary measures that were, uh, that were in place or that are in place, in fact. So, so this is the most probable outcome of the whole situation. Now, since the European Union has some leverage, they will... You know they will use it, and Poland will will just be uh, will, will have to be supporting it at least in this aspect. I saw that the European Union came up with a solution to the abortion crisis in uh, in Poland, and that they are offering help for women that that seek abortion. Uh, some sort of emergency plan was established for the women seeking abortion. Uh, in Brussels, is it true? Are people able to access these funds? How is the situation, Margot Jata? 
In fact, uh, think of the, values of European Union because values with yes. no money. Finally, probably here we have some values and some money to support those values. Well, here I must say that uh, after uh, Polish government virtually uh, prohibited abortion in Poland, we saw, uh, apart from the street protests, we also really. Uh, great examples of feminine solidarity as uh, right now it is as easy as never to get information about abortion uh, to be assisted in getting an abortion in Slovakia or in the Czech Republic or in Germany uh, to get in touch with a, with a women's support group than anywhere at any time in Poland. Such groups are now easily accessible online. Uh, there are uh, other, there are women's groups on Facebook also sharing contacts and phone numbers. So, well, I think that here in this resort, Polish women actually gave an example of self-organization and self-help before politicians from Brussels decided to give us to make a stand. Well, uh, anyway, it is appreciated from European Union that they actually did notice a problem because, you know, even some of my Russian friends, Russian left-wing thing, left thinking friends asked me why the European Union is making, uh, has not punished Poland exactly for this, for banning abortion. Because, well, if the European Union stands for human rights, then it should uh, it should recognize the fact that woman's control over her body is a basic human right. And this is a reason to punish Poland. Yeah, yeah, but I just want to say that it all boils down to the fact that the European Union doesn't like the current Polish government. And there are many yes. reasons not to like it, of course, but this is all about this, okay? That's... Yeah, well, very interesting things you said here. Very interesting. I hope the viewers find them interesting and I hope our international audience find it interesting. Please support us. The barricade slash dot com on Patreon. We have their page and we urge you to support us because uh, you are our only help. Uh, we rely on donations and on uh, your financial support. I hope you enjoyed your this um, part of our show. We will come back with more detailed information this time around about Romania and Bulgaria. And uh, for the first part, thank you so much, Boyan. Thank you so much, Margot Jata. Right. And, and I'd, like to also, I'd like to also thank Paul Jay and uh, people from the analysis for giving that. us the platform. Right. <laughs> yes, I was about to say that uh, uh, we want to thank also the analysis and Paul Jay for the opportunity for, to speak to their audience. And uh, we hope that the information provided here and the political commentary is of interest. Thank you so much. Stay healthy, keep fighting, and we'll We'll see you all very soon.